Hello and welcome to another episode of Cannibalizing the Cannon. I am Glaive slash Danny slash Odin, who is very prepared for the Odin sleep. <laughs> uh, and I am V slash Vela slash Rin slash three dogs in a trench coat who are continually impressed that we are never ready, even though we prepare ourselves for when we hit the record button. I know, We're never right? ready for it. It's, it's, you know, the day that I'm prepared for the start of the podcast, despite the fact that I'm the one who presses the button, is the day that you know I've been replaced by a doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Danny seems oddly prepared this yeah, week. It's it's suspicious. <laughs> but today we are going to be talking about consequences. There's a lot of them in D&D. Yes, there is. <laughs> And so this would be probably part of a new series we'll get into when because this is one of the biggest tools in any GM's toolbox and it is a common <laughs> outcome for players. It is the only outcome for players. <laughs> That's not not yeah, no it is. It is. <laughs> it is. It's it's one hundred percent the only outcome. If you just have to open your mind <laughs> to, to, like the definition of consequence. <laughs> like, you know. When the players interrupt the monologue, that them's require consequences. <laughs> Absolutely, and and when the players uh, change their mind about what they want to do next and decide they want to do something else, oh boy, howdy, there's going to be consequences. <laughs> and it even goes back to the age old, like you know, the go to DM lines that everyone knows about. Like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the famous. You can certainly try. <laughs> you can certainly have at it. Which is the GM's way of going like, I'm drawing a line in the sand. If you want to cross it, that's on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's also the um, this weird thing of like, players have it in their minds that if a GM let them roll for something, that must mean it's possible, which I disagree with. <laughs> I think it just means that there will be consequences for what you're doing. <laughs> they might be good, but they're not necessarily good. <laughs> uh, for example, I love the idea. My go-to example of like a role that is deemed impossible, but I would allow my player to try anyway, would be like, oh, I want to destroy the moon. Like, All right, roll for it. How do you want? To, how do you want to destroy the moon? And like, what is your like plan of action here? Like, oh yeah, no, I'm just gonna use an eldritch blast, aim it up in the sky, and see if I can destroy the moon. Like, all right, cool. Uh, no matter what they do, <laughs> the moon ain't getting destroyed. <laughs> but depending on how well or how poorly they roll, depends on where that eldritch blast goes instead. <laughs> and it's in a very important lesson for the warlock <laughs> to be like hey maybe don't shoot random spells up in the sky <laughs> have you heard of gravity <laughs> which is very rarely considered within spell casting <laughs> absolutely uh it's just dead shot thing like you didn't consider the curvature of the earth <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> good times so oh. There's a lot of things to think about when talking about consequences as well. One of the major things, which is a, a, a much talked about subject, is alignments. What are alignments, V? <laughs> so the theory goes, and this is very much a, 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 a much debated tool, mm -hmm. I should say, that the DMs have at their disposal, uh, where characters can either assign themselves or be assigned depending on their actions um a moral alignment basically a guide to where their particular point of view stands in terms of you know the greater picture of good versus evil and some characters will need to act according to their alignment mm -hmm. for one reason or another whether that is a cleric or a paladin who are required to stay within the alignment of their chosen Patron. deity. Yep. Whether that is uh whether that's a warlock patron who who 
you know, might find that after being a little bit too much of a goody two-shoes has kind of ticked off their <laughs> demonic patron. I gotta be honest, you ain't kicked many puppies lately, and uh, <laughs> it's really, you're not meeting your quota there. <laughs> um, there are many reasons why uh, why players and DMs alike choose to use the alignment table uh, provided by uh, Wizards of the Coast, and there are many reasons why they don't, and all of them are valid. I love the idea of the opposite of that, with like the, the cleric deity going like, well... Uh, you did not donate to charity this month, or make an altar to me, or do good in a way that I deem worthy. You say that, but I specifically remember in in fourth edition D anD D that I was not allowed to have material possessions because I had a a, a vow of poverty. I wasn't mm. allowed to have like if we if we got treasure, I wasn't allowed it. Because if I did, then my god would take away my powers. Which isn't ideal. No, really not. <laughs> it did mean that I got away without carrying anything, though, which is quite nice. <laughs> I do enjoy the idea of... So it's very easy with clerics and uh, warlocks specifically, and also paladins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very vulnerable to the uh, GM's ire. It's not true ire, it's in-character ire. Um, because of the whole hey your boss can strip your powers if they're not happy with your performance not technically speaking completely for true for warlocks or, oh yes true because warlocks, warlocks get their get their gifts but they don't get them take away taken away necessarily they can they can lose out on future gifts absolutely yeah but once you've got them you've got them which is kind of handy but not the case for clerics not I the think- case for clerics and not the case for paladins really yeah clerics and paladins i think paladins have something that they get kind of get to keep something i mean uh oathbreaker is a uh, murky murky yeah that's it's in there somewhere but also the fact that paladins can just walk around and continue be like well i still have a sword yeah (laughs) i mean i mean in fairness you know clerics have maces same principle yeah but it's interesting because like (laughs) A paladin without paladin power is like, you're just a fighter with extra steps. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're, you're just a fighter with extra guilt. With extra guilt. <laughs> it was like, just the, the visual idea of like, oh, my deity is angry with me. I can't smite anyone anymore. I'm just useless. And meanwhile, there's fighters standing right next to them, just falling around <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no. Gee. Whatever shall you do? Gee, how are you gonna cope, bud? <laughs> you, you just you know, you you you're drained of all of your powers and gifts, you can't even lift a sword. Oh wait. And the mm. the idea I like this interdynamic thing of like other party members looking at them like like for example a warlock looking at a wizard and be like, so you just read a bunch of books? <laughs> And you got this, like, yeah. Is 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 your patron a library, a librarian? No, no actually, no? no. I just read. I huh. just studied. And meanwhile, Mister Sorcerer comes in and is like, "Yo, bitches, <laughs> you had to study what?" I just woke up like this. <laughs> meanwhile, the bard's just out there, like, just strumming his guitar, just like. Do you have to put effort in? Then the idea, like, just the idea of the wizard going like, well, yes, I spent centuries, because I'm an elf, looking for a, 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 a specific way of casting fireball in the best way possible. And the sorcerer's like, yeah, just kind of got the feeling for it and worked from there. Meanwhile, the bard strums a chord and flames appear, and it's just like... All right. Yeah, the bard's like, right. I insulted a dude once and his head exploded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good day. Mm. So I think we can, like, it's a very, okay, so here's the dangerous half of consequences. When taking away class features from player characters. Because as soon as you do that in a combat-focused game like 5e, you diminish their reliability in playing the game. 
if you are in a combat situation specifically. Like roleplay, you're probably fine. A cleric walking around not able to cast Bless is going to be grand for the most part. (laughs) Um, And I'm trying to think like, so what are the examples of that for each class? And how do you do it? Because obviously some are easier than others. Mm-hmm. And like, so the easy ones are definitely like warlock, cleric, paladin, warlock in the sense of like, uh, yeah, no, actually you're right because they they just get to keep their powers. How do you, how do you consequence a, a warlock? <laughs> I mean, a- again, RP wise, you can absolutely consequence a warlock. Um, I know that there are some DMs who will consequence a warlock by saying, yeah, you still have your spells, but you don't, you can't use them. Or there is, they don't work the way that you expect them to or they're intended to. Mm. Like, there'll be a wild magic element to it. Um, Spoiler alert for uh, Critical Role uh, Campaign 2. Spoiler alert happening. Spoilers happening. Um, (laughs) When Ford loses his first Warlock patron. (laughs) (laughs) Because he gets two. Um... Well, no, it's not even that. He doesn't get two. He he multiclasses into Paladin, and they reflavor his Warlock powers. Yeah. Which I think is a very good way of doing it mm-hmm. from a narrative standpoint, but also a very good way of doing it from a combat standpoint, because you don't have that kind of guilt of, oh, I still have these gifts and I really shouldn't. But the, in the in-between, because there were quite a few episodes where he wasn't aligned with either, um, he had that feeling of of feeling useless in combat. He didn't mm-hmm. have a sword because he was a hex, but he didn't have access to his sword. Which is he got rid of it. So he, you know, he they they loads they gave him loads of things to kind of like help keep him alive and stuff. And we're like, well, you know, he was like, yeah, I I guess I'm useless to you guys now. And they were all like, no, 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 no. Here's here's a glove of of you know, Punching. whatever it was. It is a glove punching. Here's a whip. Sure, why not? Let's give that a go. Mundane magic items. Can of yeah. watering. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so it so they managed to in and then they did have combat and it was a a, a very interesting thing to watch because it mm-hmm. was a warlock without his spells, just just doing his best basically. Another good example of classes having their class features taken away is. Wizards, it's very easy to take away the wizard's capability. You just need to steal their spellbook. Absolutely. And it's like, um, well, this is mine now. You can't remember any more spells. <laughs> wizards are exceptionally reliant on their uh, on their spellbooks. And uh, destroying it or getting rid of it temporarily is an excellent way to, uh, for lack this... of a better term, completely fucking cripple a class. <laughs> Does a warlock, and um, I should know this, but I don't, but you know, this is a, an important lesson, all gems, it doesn't, you don't need to know all things at all times, you're you good. You absolutely don't need to know everything all the time. Warlocks, do warlocks what the internet's need, for. Do warlocks need spell, spell focuses? Or uh, yes. material components? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all casters do. Does spell focus, is spell focus only required for spells that require a material component? Yes. Okay, so with all mage classes, then you could take away that spell focus slash material pouch, component mm-hmm. pouch. Uh, that doesn't remove all magic, but it does. But it takes off a, a lot, chunk, which is an interesting consequence. Uh, interestingly, um, on a slightly similar vein, I played a cleric who, for I think it was for a, a session in which we had a particularly large fight. I was um, I was silenced and I couldn't use verbal spells. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, that is devastating because there are very few spells that don't have a verbal component. And I can yep. tell you, uh, a level 20 cleric, there were about six spells I could use. Well, <laughs> that was rough. That was rough. Uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I know we didn't all survive. <laughs> So it's so that's the interesting thing about it. it. Like, it's far easier to mess with mages than it is to mess with the martial classes. Absolutely, because the martial classes are going to keep being martial classes, even if you take their weapon away from them. Can- Absolutely, but there are other ways of approaching that. Even that, I mean, yeah. with 
with the uh, with the with casters you can you know remove their ability to cast or remove some of their ability to cast there is absolutely no reason why you cannot have a martial class have an injury that incurs a penalty mm. or exhaustion points you know exhaustion points don't get used enough exhaustion points uh, really don't get used enough and they are i mean they are they they they're a particularly Hefty on the martial classes, but they are a punishment for all classes. I 100%. don't recall. I think it might have been Rack that showed me the video, but um, or it might have been Ricky. I don't know. It's, but the um, using uh, the exhaustion levels as a replacement for spell slots—that's mm-hmm. an interesting uh, thing. I feel like you could expand that as well uh, for like. And this is just me making it up right now. I'm I have not pre-thought this, so this might not work. But the idea of having class features, this isn't a consequence. This is just an added thing. Uh-huh. Uh, class features that get expended after one use, you're able to use them, but depending on what level they're at, you have to take on that many exhaustion levels. So a mm-hmm. level one class feature, I don't think there are many that that only have one use. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe like second wind is like a third level thing. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I had to look that up. Uh, the three levels of exhaustion is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like there would have to be a certain balance in that. In that, I would say that a third level wouldn't be three levels of exhaustion. Maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I'm 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 riffing right now. Because bear um, in mind, you can only get up to six levels of exhaustion and then exactly. you die. So if you get a, 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 a something at 14th level, d- no. <laughs> I'm good, <laughs> thanks. Um, Second one's a first level ability. Oh, okay. I'd but I like the idea of being able to trade off another use of it for an uh, exhaustion point. Yeah, because it makes sense. Because you're just pushing yourself beyond yeah, your limits. Way beyond your limits. And exhaustion doesn't get used enough. And any mm-hmm. way of including it in your game that doesn't require you to think too hard is great. You'd be yeah. like, yes, I can do this more if I have a cost to it, a consequence yeah. to pushing myself beyond my limits. I really, like, genuinely, like, and this is the thing, like, a lot of people think, oh, well, it's okay because I'll use that. I'll get the point of exhaustion. It's the end of the day. I can just sleep it off. Mm-hmm. I would argue that exhaustion points should, to recover one exhaustion point, you should require 24 hours of rest yep. and not doing anything. So if you've got like five levels of exhaustion, that's going to take five days to get rid of. Five days of not doing anything at all. Like maybe a little bit of light reading. <laughs> um, I specify light reading because um, I think it's uh, one of the Warlock invocations is basically you don't need a long rest as long as you get like four hours of just light reading. You can that's basically a full rest for you. So that's now my my kind of my benchmark. Oh, warlocks. <laughs> um, I have a I have a, actually I have a story about a, a a time when my character got exhaustion and how we dealt with that uh, yeah. because we were in the. So this was um, my uh, one of my my first proper fifth uh edition games i was playing a we were playing quite high level characters at this point we were like had i had ninth level spell slots it's a very exciting time to be a bard uh and we were in a battle and we needed a particular item from uh the people that we were fighting against and they wouldn't give it up without a fight even though they agreed that we should have it they still had to fight us over it all right um, it's just it was a matter of honor and, and it was an important right. thing to do. Um, and I used the wish spell to get the item off them, uh, which required uh, a lot of planning in terms of the wordage because I had a very clever DM and I was like, I'm not going to be lawyered out of this one. No, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, we managed it, uh, me and the, so it was uh, me, the bard, and then uh, Sam, the cleric. And we managed to, to kind of finagle the wording exactly right so the 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 staff that we were getting would be in the cleric's hands and the cleric could cast the spell needed to unite the staff with the rest of the pieces of the staff that we'd already collected, turning it into the ultimate staff that we needed 
to rebind uh, the 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 spider god um, Miska, the spider oh. god, into uh, into perpetuity. And of course. we managed it, and it was great. And uh, as a result of me casting Wish, I was exhausted for three days because that's a consequence of casting Wish. It is what it is. Um, except not 20 minutes after we got this staff all together and, and we teleported back to our plane, we were all knocked unconscious, and uh, an NPC that we had trusted for the entirety of the campaign came and took the staff off us. Oof. Turns out that NPC was Miska. Ugh. It was an excellent twist that none of us saw coming, and I have I have had trust issues ever since. <laughs> um, but as a result, we were now, like, we've got very little time to figure out what we need to do, except I'm exhausted for three days, so I can't do anything to help. So the rest of the party's running around doing things. I'm just writing letters to people. Oh no! Because that's all I can do, and I'm literally, literally, we we had like a little like a hot spring, so I'm just sat in this hot spring with a piece of wood over the edges of it, so that I've got a little mini desk, just like writing until I get sleepy again. And as a player, that was quite stressful because I felt like my character could do more if I hadn't been exhausted, but I'd made that choice. So consequences consequences buddy consequences and interestingly consequences came back to play in the in the final fight because one of the letters that i chose to write and to get word out of what we were about to do was that i asked everyone that i wrote to i asked them to pray for us and when one of our comrades fell in this battle it was the power of prayer that got them back on their feet which was just beautiful and I totally cried (laughs) I was like this half hand thing that I suggested is actually saving us oh god that's some I do believe in fairies Tinkerbell stuff (laughs) absolutely but it was but it was was, literally we were fighting essentially for the fate of the world and uh, yeah we we needed that we needed that faith so (laughs) but yeah the the exhaustion thing yeah it's it's especially because it was for such a long period of time, it was just like I was like I should be doing more to help out here. We're we're about to go up against Miska the Wolf Spider. Oh God! Um, and I'm just sitting around in a hot tub, basically. So you just made me think of another way of doing consequences, specifically with martial classes. But you can do this to any character. Like I didn't do this to a martial character. I did this to I did this to a mage. Um, <laughs> and this requires. Um, having a conversation with your players and safety tools, very important. But dismemberment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one of my players lose his arm. Oh, okay. And he was a wizard, which makes it awkward when he has a staff. <laughs> it's like, oh no. Yeah, because then it's a choice between holding your staff or somatic. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing, though, is that the player was down for it. It's like, oh, hell yeah. I'm missing an arm now, <laughs> um, which was like you say, it's like a choice of a somatic and staff wielding. But there's there was also other stuff as well, like uh, just carrying things in general. The the most simple yeah. thing possible, like yes, no, this character could probably only carry one thing at a time. <laughs> Two, if you give him a bag. <laughs> yeah, like uh, give him a papoose. He'll be fine. Um, he's okay now. He was fine with, with one arm. He was down for it. But now he has a robot arm as well. Sorry. It, I, 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 it just gave me such Monty Python vibes. She turned me into a newt. I got, got better. better. <laughs> um, that is, like I said, it requires safety tools and conversations. Uh, I don't want 100% to infer that this ability is a consequence or a detriment to players because it shouldn't be uh <laughs> walking in that thin line of um stuff that happens in reality and me- me- like the medieval fantasy setting that it is but also not being ableist yeah. i believe yeah you yeah. get what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much the Yes, you can have consequences that will affect someone physically. And even, even you know, 
arguably some consequences that will affect them mentally um, that will have an effect on them because that's something that's a that's an adjustment that they have to get used to, but doesn't necessarily stop them from being an adventurer or continuing their mm-hmm. path. There are plenty of resources um, to kind of aid and assist. Like, and there are, and you will have players who want to do this. And from day one, you will have players who want to try out the combat wheelchair. And I don't blame them because it's hell, hella rad. Yes, it is. It's oh, awesome. Good. I've had so many players that just want to be Daredevil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't see a reason why not. <laughs> so I'm no. like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, yeah, cool. I, it's it's that age old argument of this is a this is a fantasy setting. There are literal dragons. There are bugbears. There are owl bears. There are regular bears. There's so many bears, guys. Like, I feel like D and D should be called D and B at times because I feel like there are more bears than dragons. But Borrow anyway, some bears. Um, Borrow some bears. There Ooh. are there are so <laughs> many different fantastical elements, and yet, why are we getting hung up on the most basic stuff? Yeah, the answer is we shouldn't be. Uh, but that's that's a that's a different that's, <laughs> that's a, a different, different topic altogether. <laughs> yeah, that's a. That's for when that's for when I have slightly more patience with the world. <laughs> e. E. So But anyway. Yes. Uh other consequences. So V. Yes. What would you say would be like some common examples of uh player actions that require consequences? Uh, because <laughs> I'm sure you're exactly <laughs> like me, and it's not that you don't have enough. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, honestly everything my players do requires consequences, but that's right. Because but my you know what might... I mean when I ask that question. 100%, 100%. <laughs> so, for example, um, a really obvious one is I roll to seduce the dragon. Oof. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I have been very lucky in that I have not had any players who have rolled to seduce the dragon. I have a player who has seduced a dragon, but in his defense, he didn't know she was a dragon at the time. Um, and I've, as a player, I've played in a game where somebody rolled to seduce the dragon mm-hmm. and had to deal with the consequences as a player. Um, <laughs> but I've not had that problem as a GM yet. Uh, another obvious one would be, oh, God. Um, I'm reminded of a like a weird, like it's not a seducing role, but mm-hmm. it's more of a surprise role where brand new players of the game saw a a a, a minotaur skeleton come out of a cavern, and mm-hmm. and this player is like, I want to jump out and yell at the minotaur, and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> You jump out and you yell at the mentor, roll for it, sure. Roll intimidation. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I don't think... And this this character is a halfling. Uh, so it's like... Uh, but I enjoy, like, it's a very common thing with brand new players to the game. Not understanding Absolutely. that this isn't a video game. Jumping out in front of the monster... The monster's not going to wait until it's like, quote unquote, their turn yeah. to react. It's just going to be like, oh, small thing has jumped out towards me. Well, I guess I'm going to bash it with my axe. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you mentioned new players because when I first started out as a DM, I had a group that had never really played D&D before. We were mm-hmm. all fairly new to it. It was one of those, uh, a group of my friends were like, oh, we want to play D&D. And I said, oh, yeah, I can totally run a game for you without actually having ever run a game before because that's, you know, how it starts. Um, chronic people pleasing. Okay. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, and I had to deal with a lot of kind of like, a lot of those sort of like uh, actions that required those, the, the kind of the more serious discussion of consequences the the common thing that i said pretty much every session was actions have consequences i had to consistently remind them because they kept just pushing because that's what new players do i 
I did mention this earlier, the small tangent. Uh, well, I mentioned this not uh, here, but like somewhere else. I can't remember right now. But um, once new players realize that, oh, this isn't a video game. I can do what I want. And they're like this, they're in this in-between space of like, I can do anything. But they haven't quite realized I there will be consequences for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're... So the thing, one of the first things a lot of players will just do is mess with the other players. Hundred um, percent. A lot of the, a lot of the consequences I had to deal with in my first game was um, really just uh, the 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 old adage of of boys being boys. Oof. Um, again, just because they, you know, they didn't really understand what what the fantasy world kind of was they didn't really kind of like understand the boundaries and like and and very much in in terms of like what i have learned since then for stuff like safety tools and making sure everyone at the table is comfortable and all that kind of stuff uh i didn't really the session zero that i ran there wasn't much in the way of making sure that we were all comfortable and you know it's part of the learning curve i think um, but as a result, we'd have really like, I, I, I've started to do this thing and I, it kind of stemmed from them and has kind of continued. And is one of the things that I, uh, as a DM, I will consistently do is if you say something at the table and I hear you say it, that's canon, that's <laughs> canon now. <laughs> if you don't like, you have to specify before you say it, that it's out of character. You can't say it afterwards. Yeah. That's, That's it. something that I have done in the past with much to the players' complaints. Mm-hmm. Being like, no, but I, my character didn't say that. Yeah, well, you didn't say that, did you? <laughs> That's why I specify you've got to say it beforehand because like, the amount of times I've had someone say something and then go, oh, that was out of character because I've turned around and given them the look of, are you sure about that? Um, now I'm just like, I'm ruthless about it because dead. no. Sorry, because you said it. Said the it, moment, the moment you're timid about players choosing what is and isn't in character, is the moment that they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna try and have their cake and eat it too. Absolutely. Where they try things and they're trying to be sneaky about it, and like, no, 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 that's going to lead to the wrong result. So I don't do that. It's like, no, no. You don't get to do that. You don't yeah. get to like half choose an option and be, draw back when it looks like you're done goofed. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> I'm much more uh, merciful when it's very obvious that they're not doing that, as in specifically like they're not drawing back because, oh, it's the wrong option, but it's literally just they were taking the piss. It's like, no, no, you're, you're joking around. I understand you're joking around. It is what it is, unless it's very funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, we're doing this. <laughs> um, I uh, there have been times when I've wished they were joking around. Uh, a perfect example: um, we are in an airship. There is another airship. Uh, they are attacking us. We are attacking them. One of the players says, "I'm going to climb into the cannon." Uh, the the for the for those following at home, uh, the the face palm that Danny has just done. Good lord, um, yeah, I'm he, he wanted to climb the cannon, and the I DM just, was it's... like, "Are you sure about that?" Like, and genuinely, I'm not exaggerating. Asked him four times if he was absolutely sure that he wanted to climb into the cannon. To be fair. If I may. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, quote, like to quote a famous actor, if you if you may you may. If Go I ahead. may. Climbing into a cannon, it, like your mileage may vary. It entirely depends on your dungeon master. And you're really like pushing against the wall of rule of cool. Like you're just going like how much of this is rule of cool and where does my dungeon master stand <laughs> with me climbing into a cannon? If you get asked more than once, are you yeah. sure? Maybe don't do it. Because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when the, the, the DM specifically points out that the cannon has been loaded with a cannonball. Yeah, don't get into a cannon with a cannonball. 
<laughs> and how... yes, he did. And and then somehow was surprised by the fact that he turned into red mist. Uh, it's like that's not how human cannonballs work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that was a whole thing. And and the 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 main problem was that is a big consequence. Absolutely, kill this character outright. Dead. Yeah, Nobody because he to did recover. a stupid thing. <laughs> because he did a stupid thing. However, that had knock-on consequences for the rest of the party. Mm-hmm. Because so the so the mechanic of uh, resurrection in that particular setting was that we had these amulets on, and the amulet had kept going. Oh no! And landed on the other ship because our DM is not not a completely terrible person. Uh huh. <laughs> um. So so we had to go over to the other ship to rescue this amulet to get him back, right? Except there's a mask on this ship that one of the other players decides to put on his face and it feeble minds him. Oh no. We were level three. That's I was I and and the worst part was we were so we were essentially playing ourselves, but in the D D setting, and we had the knowledge that we had going in. And I knew about D D. I was mm-hmm. the one at the table who knew what was going on, and I understood what was happening the entire time. And I was basically having a breakdown at the table because I was like, "If something happens in this game to my friends, I don't know how to deal with this emotionally." Oh no! Um, just a, a little side note, friends. Um, the concept of of playing yourselves but in D anD D is a very tempting one, absolutely, and it is a lot of fun. But that is the kind of thing where you really, really need to set boundaries. And mm-hmm. you really, 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 really need to do safeguarding and safety tools because that can have some serious emotional effects on you. I speak from experience and I, I, I adore my DM and I adored the game and it was great. But <laughs> very uh, emotional. Very <laughs> emotional, especially for someone whose mental health was not super great at the time. Um, but you know, we live and learn and, uh, it was fine. I do, however, enjoy the concept of your party going to the other ship to get this medallion and the people, I don't know the context at all of like the enemy Mm -hmm. here, but the idea of like, they've invaded the ship. They're here to kill us. And meanwhile, like, okay, the medallion is around here somewhere. Um, everyone keep an eye out. <laughs> basically, uh, we we basically tried to avoid them as much as possible because we were like, we're here for one thing and then we're getting the heck out of here. Like, like and, the, then, and then the I got equivalent, a... the equivalent of looking for your contact lens. Like, basically. okay, I know you want to stab me right now, but can you just stay over there for a hot second? While... I just got I just got off with it and then I'll be out your hair. And only three of us went over to the other ship. That was the thing. So there's me, the feeble-minded one that I've now got to drag off the ship because he doesn't know what he's doing anymore. And then the other one who's gone walkies. And I'm like, where are you? I'm really confused. What is happening? What are you doing right now? Mm, this is fine. Um, but it was all fine. We all managed to get off. Um, <laughs> and we managed to get our idiot friend back who uh, still didn't really understand what why consequences wrong? had happened. Oh. You know, but uh, this is also the same person who uh, cast Zone of Truth on someone and then was surprised when that person just stepped out of the Zone of Truth. Yeah, so. (laughs) Spoiler alert, that had consequences too. That NPC hates him now. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) So if you're a mage who can cast Zone of Truth, or it's more likely Paladin and Clerics who have that, Mm. right? Uh, like if you're one of those, be sure that your intended target is at least tied down uh-huh, for sure before they can just walk out of it. Because that the other thing about that is they're not compelled to answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the the always the the, the kicker with Zone of Truth is that they don't have to answer you, but if they do answer you, it has to be truthful. Um, but that kind of leads us quite neatly onto um consequences. In terms of uh, relationships and dynamics with mm-hmm. NPCs, different mm-hmm. characters, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, this, because I feel like that's a very much a neglected thing in certain circles. This very much leans upon the safety tools that need to be discussed 
because there are certain things that you are not allowed to do to even NPCs in your game, depending on the whims, not the whims, but like the preference of your fellow players and yourself and the DM. Mm -hmm. uh, not all GMs, not all players will be comfortable with the same things. You have to make sure everyone's on the same page. Absolutely. And if it ever happens to be the case that something happens that wasn't covered, then that's an opportunity to be like, okay, we stop for a second and we figure this out. We add it to the list <laughs> if it needs to be added to the list. And then we move on because, you know, that's you're all adults. You just got to talk it out. That's how it works. Um, and there's a surprising gray area about this too. So... It's surprising how quickly player characters will uh, start breaking the, G the Geneva Convention <laughs> and be like, what if we torture them? Like, I mean, oh, yeah. God, why is torture like everyone's fucking go to? Like, like genuinely, like the, because... even the most pious moral characters will go, well, it's for the greater good. The greater so, good. The greater good. <laughs> and I'm like, Do you, uh, it's not okay. <laughs> It's not okay. The ends do not justify the means. Yeah, I think it's it goes back to like the the whole idea of the consequences aren't real, guys. We're fine. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. true. But you also have to consider like your characters are people in the context of this story. You're saying that your cleric, who has an oath to not being a dick. <laughs> Is acting awful a lot like being a dick right now. <laughs> not being a dick. I, I love that. Can that be a thing that we write up at some we point? We can write up the oath of not being a dick. Excellent. Spoiler alert, guys. This is one major tenant to it. Yeah. It's not Don't that hard, though. <laughs> Don't be a dick. That's it. I like how it being it's like really, really strict, though. Like, the second you're a dick. But even, like, in a casual way. Mm -hmm. It's like... I don't know, like, uh, Xavier, did you clean the dishes? No. That's your powers gone. <laughs> <laughs> did you not open the door for somebody? Oh my god. Ah, Xavier. Xavier, gone. did you really just come out and say not all men? Powers gone. <laughs> Did you not say Gazente? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not help that old lady across the road? Oh my god. Oh my me. The audacity. Did the idea of a paladin or a cleric just be like, okay guys, I know we're hunting down this demonic overlord, but there's an old lady over there that I really need to help cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just go ahead without me. Just Yeah, I'll catch up. I'll catch up. It's fine. Like I realize... Priority wise, I should probably stop the demon lord, but I'm not taking the chance. Because right, honestly, just I don't need that hassle. You know, the last thing we need right now is for us to catch a demon lord, and I'm not able to smite it. Hundred <laughs> mm -hmm. percent. It all just stems to the fact that the god is like has no understand actual understanding of like moral standing. It's like, yes, good. <laughs> in fairness i mean uh no they wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. you know have a they don't know nuance they don't, yeah they're not here for nuance they don't understand the the, the intricacies of our mortal business the whole point is that they they are immortal they to to them we are just like mayflies the idea of, oh no xavier where did you buy that bread <laughs> Your powers are gone. Like what? What? Wait! What's wrong with the bread? Like you did not research who made that bread, did you, Xavier? It's like, oh fuck. <laughs> of course, that is the extreme. Don't do that. <laughs> it would be hilarious. So. Um, but yes, NPCs, NPCs, and what you do to them. Like I'm not saying don't torture in context to RPGs <laughs> specifically. Uh I'm just saying have a think through. 
well, have, would your character do this before you? Have consideration. You... Have yeah. consideration. It's it's very much a. Um, there is. It makes sense if you're playing an evil campaign. That... It makes sense if you're a murder hobo. It yeah. makes sense if. But I I will tell you right now. Um, for those who do use alignments, chaotic neutral does not mean I can do whatever the fuck I want without no, consequence. Doesn't. I'm real sick of people playing it like that. Genuinely, just infuriates me. Chaotic neutral has this misunderstanding where it's like anything goes because I only follow my own rules. Like, no, no, you're neutral, which in a way kind of makes you like you're not evil, you're not good, you're more like self interested. That doesn't mean you start doing evil things. (laughs) It's silly, it's very silly. Um, I always think about like with alignment. All those like character alignment charts, mm-hmm. none of them are one hundred percent foolproof. Oh no, there's no, always absolutely not. because alignment in general just isn't a good enough system to fucking make a compass of where people stand morally. So, just for for quick context for those who who aren't aware, the uh, the the morality compass for uh, the Wizards of the Coast have set out for D anD D is that you are on a scale from evil to good and from chaotic to lawful. Yeah, and you fit somewhere along each of those axes, either as chaotic good or lawful neutral or neutral good or chaotic evil or anything in between and and that is where you sit and that is how you act and that is what you are and that is bullshit yeah because people are way more complicated than that in general because but say also... it with me <laughs> i haven't said no it in a while as an absolute yeah there's no such thing as an absolute i haven't said it in a podcast in a while so. right Huh. Bingo cards looking looking mighty empty right now. I I I, I ain't seen no bingo cards after being told <laughs> that we, it would exist. We'll just have to see. Hey, it. hey, we 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 cut we cut our bingo card maker some slack. She's been busy. Okay. She's she's been she's had a lot of work on her plate. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, the main issue with with that is the uh, morality, morality 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 is an entirely made up construct and. Uh, I don't think it's particularly healthy to assign morality to characters when you are role-playing them and they are evolving, and I just don't think it it helps. Yeah, exactly. I understand it is quite a good tool. It's, I, I will say it's, it's not a terrible tool, especially for new players. I think it can help with the role-playing because I know, you know... It's, exactly. It's, it's like the, the section on the, the character sheet that's like, personality traits bonds flaws all that kind of stuff that's really useful stuff if you never really pretended to be someone else (laughs) yeah no that's a good blueprint to refer to when you're like well what is my bonds hmm it says an orphanage great yeah (laughs) what are the things that matter to my character what are the things that are important what are the things that i will fuck up what are the things that are, are important and key to this character and and you know their their alignment and their moral decisions can can be traced back to that as well as just a ca- kind of like a touchstone of okay so i am lawful neutral which means that i will follow rules that's it like i don't necessarily they don't necessarily have to be good rules they just have to be the creed that has been set out before me mm-hmm. i follow those and that's what's important to me it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad it is what it is as long as we follow those rules. Cool. Okay, that's how I'm gonna play this character. <laughs> um so I so you know, they're not, you know, they're not awful, but individuals are so complicated. multifaceted, multifaceted and complicated and messy. And you know, we we frequently say and do the wrong things despite our best intentions like it is it is what it is we are we are weird balls of energy and meat you know it's <laughs> <laughs> there is no there is no perfectly good human being there is no perfectly evil human being although some of them are doing a really good impression of it at the minute it it's just it's just messy it's just being human it is just being alive and i 
don't think that saying, oh, yeah, I am, you know, chaotic good means that you have to, you know, live to the letter of that. Yeah. People are complicated. No absolutes. Just do whatever. Hey, you get it two. You get a two for one in this episode, lads. <laughs> um, I still think that. Well, it's very easy to uh, like, as a GM, instead of using alignment as a tool to uh, decide where your players stand morally within society. It would be interesting to have society itself act in a more like impartial observer kind of way where it's like, you know, just judge the actions by what they are. So say they break into a store, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get in trouble with the law. It will likely is the case that that will happen because law is a thing about society that is intrinsic. Um, however, there are other consequences that they could like find themselves in uh, that has more to do with like just how generally people react to that. Like, hey, I saw you do that. I won't trust you now. Or a rumor starts spreading about the party in particular. Like, well, now merchants don't trust you mm-hmm. because you stole from one. And merchants talk to each other because there's trade in this society. Absolutely. It's, it's, um, I mean, a real life example of this would be if you go to a a bar or a pub and you cause a a problem or you cause a scene there, they have ways of making sure that you get watched in every other pub or club that you go to because answers talk. Not the way I that sentence was gonna go in my head. I thought you were gonna. They have ways of making you talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called alcohol. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, no. Uh, you know they have systems in place that mean that like your your name or your face or your description will get passed around, and you will not be allowed into places, whether it's just for that night or whether it's more long term. Thank you. And, you know, there's absolutely no reason why merchants wouldn't have the same system because although, yes, they are competitors in a lot of ways, they got to look out for each other because who else is going to look out for them? Yep, pretty much. So. Uh, but yeah, we will definitely have more episodes on consequences, probably focusing specifically on, like, specific areas, very simply, like, like, like yeah. specific actions players might take and how you can get around it. Uh, yeah. We like, for example, we talked a bit about this when we were talking about Feast Guild last week, uh, in terms of when players get too powerful and start upsetting forces that they have no control over. Mm-hmm. That's a common occurrence. <laughs> uh, and there's lots of different ways that you could go around that. And you know, at the end of the day, this podcast is all about just giving you guys ideas on what to do. Bring yeah. you outside the box. We're just Simple here to, to 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 kind of poke holes and and say, hey, look, here's the thing. Let's let's see how we can stretch that and make it work. Yeah. So stay tuned for uh, Oath of not being a dick. I'm so your, excited for, for Oath of not being a dick. <laughs> it's gonna what's, be the it's gonna be the next Unearthed Arcana, guys. Um, what's, what's the the um, what's the Monty Python character from Life of Brian. That's like biggest dickus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I still love the fact that they um the 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 that scene when they filmed it they didn't tell the extras <laughs> exactly what was going to happen, but they told them that if they laughed they weren't getting paid. Oh no! <laughs> and that was it. And that was how they got them to try and keep a straight face for as long as possible. I love that. I think that's adorable. Um. So yeah, that has yeah. been our episode on consequences. Uh. You could say that there will be consequences to this episode. Yes. Uh, hilariously. <laughs> um. Speaking of consequences. Yes. Um. Next week's release is going to be a little bit late, friends. Um, and that's, that's kind of, uh, kind of a little bit on me, but also not my fault. So, um, you're going to have to live with it. 
As some of you may know, um, I am in the middle of uh, changing jobs and there has been quite a lot of crossover in the fact that I am currently essentially working two full-time jobs, which is a lot for my tiny little brain. And uh, uh, Danny will be the first to tell you that our recording schedule has kind of gone out the window the past couple of weeks. I do enjoy enjoy that, like metaphor of of v just trying to cope with doing this and meanwhile i just bash with the door like hey we're recording a podcast (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh thank god something else to do um but yeah uh unfortunately next week um the day that we would normally release the podcast um is a day that i physically can't do that so uh we're gonna have to push the release back to the friday um so please please have patience with us and we appreciate you all um it's gonna be grand it's gonna be a good episode uh we've already got it planned out i'm looking forward to recording it so heck yeah heck yeah so So, yeah so it's gonna be a little bit late next week um i promise it won't happen again because by the time that episode comes out uh that friday is my last day in retail so I will nice. be I will finally be free of the shackles of capitalism. Oh, Ten wait, thousand <laughs> years. Oh wait, I still work for the same company. <laughs> uh, I just I just do a slightly different job now. Oof. Uh but no, it's good. It's great. I get paid more. It's fantastic. Um but yes, uh so yeah, it's a business business as usual after next week. But yep, uh yep, thank yep, you for your patience yep, yep, yep. with that. Um, uh, check out the Twitter, Cannibal Cannon. Yeah, <laughs> at Cannibal Cannon. I got it right. Nailed for once. it. Uh, check out the email if you want to send us, well, tweet us please, or send us emails at or yes, uh, cannibalizing the cannon at gmail That's cannibalizing with a Z. Uh, we have merch. We have merch. Um, we have uh, the Audacity of Glaive merch, which I adore. I think it's great. It's one of my favorites. Um, and it just uh, makes me think of like like a Greek tragedy, <laughs> <laughs> the tragedy of man, the Audacity of Glaive. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, as 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 always, all of our links are available on our beacons, uh, which you can find in the section beneath in the description of this podcast um as always because we haven't actually said it shout out to david shout out to david i can't believe we went a whole episode without mentioning david good lord that's impressive for us we love that boy oh, trust um, me i'm gonna have an entire episode on <laughs> consequences about consequences the of david <laughs> first game that i ever dungeon mastered <laughs> And uh, how, and this is just a teaser for future, but how I told David, hey, just get a few of your pals, get them together. I don't mind what they play more or less. Like, obviously, talk to me about it. But uh, this is the first time I ever DM'd. And so, like, you know, go nuts, play whatever they want. Like, hit me with your best shot. David took that last sentence literally, and I was like, cool, I'm going to tell them to all give you their best shot. And told them all to make the most chaotic characters they could possibly come up with. So that's a future episode. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Um, this is how I learned to be a good DM. Trial by fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a grand old time. And... I've been Glaive slash Danny slash Oh dear God, when will it end? <laughs> Uh, and I have been V slash fella slash Rin slash three dogs in a trench coat who are just kind of like, just getting a little bit comfy now, you know, getting a little bit snuggly. Um, Odin stands above them thinking, tell me your secrets. <laughs> and the dogs are like, both of you to assume that we have any thoughts in our brains. I thought you were going to go a Rorschach angle of like, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, fine. <laughs> anyway, see you Friday. See you Friday, friends. Bye. Bye.